You are listening to Embrace the Chaos Podcast with your hosts, Ruben and Marina DeAnda from the Greater Long Beach Church of Christ. Thank you for joining us as we lean into the joys and chaos of marriage and family life. Hey everyone, it's Ruben and Marina here. We're very excited that you get to join us for our third episode of Embrace the Chaos. Yes, thank you for joining us. It has been a while. We're excited about our topic today, uh, but we're also excited that we are, our podcast is now on iTunes, so you can subscribe to our podcast. You can. We would love if you could leave some comments, if you could rate it. Uh, that way you can sh- and share it with your friends and family. Um, we have a lot of, uh, just excited about the things that we get to share with you guys. Yeah, we're also on Instagram, so please follow us at Embrace Chaos PC. Yes. There's some fun stuff on there as well. Yeah. Exactly. Okay, so at the beginning of every episode, what we want to do is provide like a little tidbit, like a like a practical, something practical you can do in your marriage or in your family before we get into the main content of what we want to talk about. And so today, uh, Marina had a great idea of a tidbit, so I'm going to let her introduce it and talk a little bit about it. Well, one of the things that helps us and we learned pretty early on in our marriage is that we have to be... Um, just really um what you call it specific in our communication when it comes to expectations for holidays and special occasions and so basically what was happening early on for events like valentine's day birthdays i would just assume that ruben knew exactly what i wanted how i wanted it when i wanted it and then when the day would come guess what it wasn't what I wanted because we didn't talk about it. And so there were just many times, many birthdays and anniversaries where, um, you know, it would be a lot of tears or a lot of fighting because it was just missed expectations. And um, so one of the things that we started to do was um, before we knew it was coming, we knew a birthday was coming, an anniversary, we would talk about what the expectations are. Is there an expectation to get gifts? Is there an expectation to go out and have a nice dinner? Obviously, a lot of that changed once we started having the kids and um, we couldn't do you know, an overnight for every special event. Um, and for me, I for Valentine's Day and birthday and anniversary, I'm going to want flowers, I'm going to want a card, and I'm going to want chocolate. So I just needed to be very specific in my communication with my husband about what I wanted for those special events. But this is a, lot, a lot of this has to do with communication because and learning each other. So I came from a – I grew up loving to be surprised, and I liked um, – not being told or not being prepared for what I was about to receive or do or see. And so I brought that into our marriage and I was like, I'm going to surprise Marina with this gift or I'm going to surprise her with this outing and this date or this restaurant only to find out that it's not exactly what she wanted. And she's not really that much into surprises. She Mm -hmm. knows very specifically Mm -hmm. what she wants, where she wants to go, how she wants to approach a situation. And so uh, I had to learn kind of the hard way. And I'm telling you guys, I mean, it's we're talking about years of mistakes when it comes to missed expectations regarding uh, birthdays and anniversaries and Valentine's Day. And don't get me started on Valentine's Day because I can't really, uh, you know, that's a whole other thing there. But anyway. It's easy. Um, but, but then the other thing that I realized is, I think I shared this last episode, I'm, I'm just a simple person 
simple-minded person sometimes i just need very specific direction and marina would just tell me like okay here's step one get this step two (laughs) get me this step three this is how you make a special and so uh anyway what we've learned i think that the practical that we're trying to communicate here is just communication yeah and i think sometimes like some women that i've talked to are like oh but i want my husband to know exactly what i want but the thing is that is not realistic and you're just going to be disappointed and so yeah you can like do it that way and just expect your husband to know and read your mind but you're going to be spending your time crying and being upset about it or you can communicate and talk to your spouse about your expectations and be really happy in the end I um I think the other part of this too the missed expectations is family uh, family commitments so Christmas Thanksgiving in our first two three years of marriage we just got in so many arguments about whose family we're gonna go see first mm-hmm. and and when we're gonna go and how long we're gonna stay and there was just missed expectations all the time regarding special occasions and so anyway. This is just a little bit of a tidbit for those of you who are married. Mm-hmm. Um, even if you're dating somebody that you're very close to or you're engaged to be married, just something to consider. You want to over-communicate uh, expectations because whenever there's a missed expectation, it just leads to just not goodness. So anyway. <laughs> just drama. Just drama. You don't want you want some drama-freeness, Extra freedom drama in your relationship. Yeah. Okay, I'm really excited about the uh, content we're going to get into here regarding marriage and relationships. And um, the title of it, the whole uh, segment here is The Law of Entropy. Here's what I mean. A few years ago, I was, uh, you know, Marina and I are both, we serve in a, in a ministry, in a church where we work with a lot of married people, a lot of married couples. And we have a lot of friends who have gone through very difficult, challenging times in marriage. And I... Uh, I had seen a pattern starting to occur where our church culture had had proclaimed, man, one of our our banners of of uh, excitement and and almost pride was was we don't we have no divorces in our church, and then all of a sudden um, we started seeing a pattern of several families being broken by divorce, both Christians and just challenging situations and you start realizing wait the idealism of having this incredible church with a lot of great married people is really the re the the reality is marriage is tough Mm -hmm. and a lot of people had given up not a lot but several uh, uh key people had given up on marriage and divorce and so i talked to my dad my dad's been married now my mom and dad have been christians for a long time they've been married for over 40 years and I asked my dad, I said, so dad, what do you think? You've been part of this church for a long time. Why, why do you think there's this pattern of divorce occurring with several families that we know? And I thought my dad was going to be very, you know, pensive about it and kind of thinking through. And But without hesitation, he's like, oh, it's the law of entropy. And I was like, what? What do you mean by that? So here's the deal. My dad's a biochemist. He had his, he got his PhD from MIT. The guy's a genius. He uh, is just, I did not get that gene from him at all, but uh, he's loves science. He's great at it. He's actually a chemistry professor at a, at a college here in Long Beach. Uh, but anyway, 
he um he just said quickly, oh, it's the law of entropy. I was like, what does that mean? Well, well, we said, um, wait, what? Yeah, what wait, is that? Well, yeah, what do, you, what do you mean by that? I don't even know what that that word is. So anyway, but that explained to me that you know when something is in motion, it um it it leads to disorder. It ends in disorder or in chaos unless there's an outside energy being poured into it to keep it going. And I know I'm summarizing it there. I know that those of you who are scientists will be like, that's not the exact uh you know phrasing of the law of entropy but yeah but the, this is how we understand this is how we understood it so, that something is in that something that's in motion uh will eventually end in disorder unless outside energy is being poured into it to keep it going in motion and his point being that marriage starts off great but unless there's outside energy being poured into it it will end and it will lead into disorder and unhealthy chaos uh, our podcast has embraced the chaos because we want to fight within the chaos and, and, and embrace it and, and really cherish what we have but sometimes disorder uh, in the marriage can be very unhealthy and yeah. so uh, the idea was a lot of married a lot of marriages don't have the venue to be able to put energy outside energy into the marriage and so we wanted to use this idea to talk a little bit about marriage and how and two main principles when it comes to marriage. Right. Did you want to say anything about that? No, you did a great job explaining that. Okay. So the first principle we want to share is marriage is hard work. Yeah. It's just hard work. Embrace that. And you got to embrace that. <laughs> you got to like just accept the fact that it's hard work. I've been talking to some engaged couples recently, and they're so excited about getting married. Yeah. And I'm not trying to scare them, but I just tell them, listen, just so you know, marriage is not all butterflies and lovey-dovey, looking at each other's eyes, honeymoon style the whole yeah. time. Yeah. It takes a lot of hard work to keep, uh, to stay married. Yeah, I think like, you know, when you get engaged, you're saying yes to, you know, this person in front of you that you love, you're saying yes to a wedding and a party and a celebration, but you're also saying yes to a commitment that you're going to be in for the rest of your life. And it's not always going to be a party. It's not always going to be a beautiful white dress and it's going to be some good hard work there. So you you got to remember that you're saying yes to the hard part as well. Yeah, I think the whole idea is if when, once we accept that marriage is going to be hard work, then we realize, okay, then I'm going to take the steps and I'm going to make the effort and put the energy forth in working hard and learning about my spouse and growing in our marriage. And that means different things. Outside energy being poured into it, meaning different resources, different books, going on retreats, uh, just doing doing whatever it takes to learn about marriage. Maureen's going to share a little bit of what one of the things that really helped us in our first few years of marriage. Well, the first you know the first six months of marriage for us was blissful, and we were traveling and we we're doing a lot of great things together. And then when life settled down, that's when like reality set in, and we just kind of butted heads a lot. And I just you know, was very volatile and young and didn't understand how to always control my anger. Um, so one of the things that really helped us early on was a program called Marriage Dynamics, and I highly recommend it. But for me, what it really helped me to learn through that 
through that program was um, Reuben and I are very different in the way that we love and the way that we receive love. And so a lot of what I was trying to do with him was love him the way I wanted to be loved. But because we're different, it wasn't meeting his expectation. It wasn't meeting his love needs and vice versa. So it just really helped us to understand um, that, you know, it's like consider others better than yourselves. Look not only to your interests, but also to the interests of others, which is a scripture in Philippians. And I just had to see, okay, like my interests and his interests are very different. Our love needs, the way that we feel loved are very, very different. And we learned that about each other through that. But it program. takes, just like with anything, I mean, when we say marriage is hard work, hard work is not easy. Mm-hmm. It requires sacrifice of time, of energy, of resources. And so this program, Marriage Dynamics, for example, we had to pay a fee. We had to commit to, I think, believe it was like 10 or 12 uh, Sundays in a row yeah. um, in the afternoon. Yeah. And and then we had to commit to just building relationships within that, that, that community that did that uh, program together. But the resources it gave us to be able to communicate with one another helped us so much uh, going through it. It, it. Again, marriage is hard work. I remember another program we tried that, that helped us a ton was uh, Dave Ramsey's Financial Peace University. Again, it's hard work. Mm-hmm. Finances, uh, from our observation, what we've been told, even research has shown is that finances is the number two reason for divorce. Mm-hmm. Uh, communication being number one. Mm-hmm. But uh, finances, man, it, it, if you don't get that down. so it. But it was like seven years into our marriage when we started <laughs> working on the financial part. Yeah. And I look back on it and I'm like, man, I wish we would have done this in our first year of marriage. It's really gone after uh, some training in these areas for ourselves as as a married couple. So I think that's our first principle we wanted to share is that yeah. uh, in order to... to to not descend into into disorder, mm-hmm. you're going to have to pour in some outside energy into your marriage. And part of that is different programs, retreats, books, just embracing the idea of working for your marriage. It's going to take some sacrifice. It'll take time. Uh, it takes practice, uh, but really giving yourself to that. You know, one of the areas I just want to share really briefly that we've encountered recently with a lot of not a lot, but several married couples that we're, that we're investing with and, and helping is investing into sometimes into, into professional uh, licensed marriage and family therapy. You know, we, Marina and I, again, as pastors, we, we are working with married couples, but there are some dynamics and some issues, some background mm-hmm. that is beyond pastoral care. Yeah. And so we have recommended several times for people to just seek out a professional licensed marriage and family therapists so that Christian marriage and uh, family therapists uh, with a with some faith-based uh, principles so that uh, they can do the work of growing out of those dynamics and so uh, again we're we are fans of uh, professional therapy when it's needed yeah. particularly because there are some dynamics again that are just beyond pastoral care yeah, yeah. so anyway so that's principle number one. Marriage is hard work. Okay, our second principle, our second point is relationships. And we uh, need intentional relationships. That's part of that outside force that's helping to guide and navigate the marriage. Yeah, we. Um, I think there's a principle in the Bible that, that Peter talks about and where it says, you know, God opposes the proud 
but he shows favor to the humble. And I think in our marriages, we want to be shown favor by God by being humble. Yeah. And part of being humble is inviting people into your life. Yeah, that's And so the, the, marriage, the first principle about embracing the fact that marriage is hard work and, and getting resources and tools and going after that, uh, this is the second part of it is, is people. The, the need for outside input into your life from other people. And um, Marina and I have been so blessed in our, in our marriage to be able to have so many different people walking with us and helping us and helping us to navigate dynamics. Uh, but really it comes down to, to embracing humility and vulnerability and just and, and sharing uh, what's really going on in our lives. In our church culture, we call this discipling. It's uh, the idea that somebody else is in your life discipling you to become more and more like Christ. And in our marriages, if we're to submit to one another out of reverence for Christ, we're going to need people in our lives to help us to move us and, and be more and more like Christ. Yeah, I mean, I think the big part of this is inviting, inviting people in. I mean, I think naturally, I just don't want to air my dirty laundry. I want to keep everything in and covered. But, um, you know, I have a husband who's just like wants to lay it all out there. <laughs> and so I remember a time when um, it was when we got pregnant with our fourth child and it just kind of threw me. Um, she was definitely a surprise for us, definitely a gift from God. We love her. Um, but it, it just threw us because it wasn't in our plan. And for me personally, I um, just had really um, hard pregnancies. And so having to think through, oh, my gosh, I'm going to have to go through another pregnancy with three kids um, just wasn't, you know, what I had in mind for this next chapter in our life. So I, it was really hard for me. And I didn't want to tell anybody. I didn't want to tell our families because I didn't want anybody to be happy for us. I just wanted to, like, cry and be sad all the time. And, you know, Reuben had asked, like, I just need to share with somebody. So he shared with one of his um, best friends, Jay Minor, and Jay and Tracy, they live up in L.A., which is about an hour from us. And what was so encouraging is that they came down to see us because they knew we were having a hard time. And it was mostly just to help me mm. <laughs> process everything. But I just will never. Oh, me too. I mean, definitely. Yeah. I just won't ever forget, though, um, first of all, that they drove down to see us, but that um, they just were so encouraging and just reminded us, reminded me that children are a blessing from God and that we get to be parents of these amazing children, that we get to instill um, our faith in them and our example and that we get to launch them out in the world and how that is just not everybody gets to have that and um, be part of something like that. And we get this incredible opportunity to do that in that it's such a short season as well and to really embrace it and mm -hmm. be grateful for it and not take it for granted and not um, be sad about it, but just to um, be grateful for it and mm -hmm. thankful for it. And that just really helped turn my heart and um, change my perspective. It would have been difficult to get out of that without having somebody outside of our lives, outside of our daily routine involved and seeing objectively and helping us to, to remind us what we have in, 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 in what God has given us. And so I just, I think, you know, that's just one story of many times where people have been involved in our lives to help us navigate very challenging mm -hmm. or difficult dynamics or discussions or arguments that we've had 
And we just see the benefit of outside relationships being involved in our lives. You know, we're Marina and I are big fans of uh, Brene Brown, who is, mm-hmm. uh, you know, has written many books on vulnerability and done uh, podcasts and TED Talks and stuff. Shame but research. Shame yeah. research. And yeah. she has a quote that we love, and it says here, uh, she says, when we find the courage to share our experiences and the compassion to hear others tell their stories, we force shame out of hiding and mm-hmm. end the silence. Mm-hmm. And I love what she says there because so many couples, I mean, we've seen this as, as ministers, so many couples that we know live in silence mm-hmm. or live in shame. And it's so difficult they, they, they post their selfies, they post their Instagram stories and their Facebook stories and their Twitter quotes. And you think that everything is going great, yeah. but in reality, there's silence in the home. Yeah. There's emotional disconnect. There's shame at mm-hmm. times. Yeah. And I think, I really feel like, I don't want to preach here or anything like that, but I do feel like it's very clear in the scripture that Jesus gives us. Jesus himself gives us the strength to be able to navigate uh, vulnerability yeah. and to be vulnerable, the power to be vulnerable because he accepts us. He accepts us where exactly where we are. So when we have Jesus loving us where we are, accepting us where we are, it should give us be able to give us the confidence then to just look at another human being and say, hey, I need your help. Can you come into my life? I need your help. Or to see another human being and say, hey, we have something to offer you to help you. Yeah, the silence to me is is just super destructing when I think about it. I mean, I, you know, there's times like we talked about in the last episode where you do need um, timeouts and you do need times where you, you know, just don't communicate and you uh, can be by yourself and meditate and think through your thoughts and feelings. But I think a lot of couples will live in silence and uh, instead of coming back together and dealing with things um, we'll just not want to talk about it and stay there in their silence and it just manifests and snowballs and becomes bitterness um, that takes root and like going back to the law of entropy just deviates your your marriage um, to a bad path yeah, we uh, one of the things that we benefit from in, in, in the church is a consistent uh, relationship with another couple that gets we get together every other week. And we talk about a lot of different things, but they always ask us, how are you guys doing in your marriage? And that question always helps because then we like we get to evaluate how are we doing in our marriage? Yeah. But to have that on a consistent basis, yeah. it just helps us. It's just a, it's a great safeguard. And so yeah. we definitely want to put that out there to you if you're listening to this man find somebody that that you look up to that you respect in their marriage or their family and invite them into your life don't be afraid don't be shameful don't be have the courage to be vulnerable and invite others into your life or even if it's somebody that's going through the same like in the same season i mean just somebody that you can be real with with and vulnerable with i mean i think it's fun to go out with friends and go to dinner and you know, go hang out and stuff. But um, I'd be very sad if I had friends that are going through really hard times that I just never knew about. Yeah. So. Uh, Reed Hoffman, the co-founder of LinkedIn, uh, has this quote. He says, the fastest way to change yourself 
is to hang out with people who are already the way you want to be. Mm-hmm. And I, I just think that's so huge. So if you're newlywed, try to find somebody who's maybe a few years ahead of you and just get around them, hang out with them. Yeah. Uh, if you've been married for 15, 20 years, try to find somebody who's been married 30, 40 years and just kind of get around them. Yeah. What has helped them? What is how, how has God grown them during their time as being as a married couple? Yeah. But in, in general, the principle here is have the courage to be vulnerable and invite other people into your life. And then also have the courage to be vulnerable and look at others who may need somebody in their lives and start getting with them yeah. and ask questions. And you just never know what can happen when we have the courage uh, to be vulnerable and get out of silence and shame. Yeah. So a couple closing thoughts here. Uh, we want to encourage everybody that listens to this as it's helped us so much in our lives. Number one, to embrace the fact that marriage is hard work mm-hmm. and to begin engaging in putting energy into your marriage, to not give up, to do the work. It's re- The benefit far outweighs the sacrifices in the long run. Yeah, I agree with that. And the second closing thought is uh, find another couple that you admire and respect and get around them some way, somehow. Have the courage to say, we need help or we want help. Allow them into your life. Don't hide out in the silence and shame. Be receptive. Even if the sometimes there are people that give us advice. You ever have unsolicited advice? People that just see something that needs to change or, or a dynamic or a conversation that they saw and they're like, let me point something out. Just be receptive to it because you never know yeah. what is being said. It could help you in the long run. And so yeah. that's just the thought. Just be, God shows favor to the humble and he opposes the proud. Yeah. I mean, and that's really what all of this comes down to is, you know, humility, humility versus pride. Are you going to be humble enough to you know, invite people in to acknowledge that there are issues and um, just be willing to get open and vulnerable. I mean, that that's a huge step within itself. So takes a, it, it, this all takes a lot of strength, a lot of strength to do. Encourage. Encourage. Yeah. There you go. I like that word. Um, again, the law of entropy, something in motion descends into disorder unless outside energy is being pumped into it to keep it in motion. Marriages will descend into disorder unless we put we we, we search for outside energy and pour into our marriages. We hope that this is helpful for you. We look forward to our next time together. We're going to try to do this once a month and get some some content out and interview some couples as well yeah. and some other families. But thank you so much for joining us. Yeah, thank you. Thanks for coming back. Let's continue embracing the chaos. Bye, guys. Bye. Special thanks to our producer, John Brown, and music by DJ Soar. If you want to connect with Ruben and Marina, you can do so at glbchurch.com and through Instagram at EmbraceChaosPC. Embrace the Chaos podcast is available on iTunes and Google Play. Please subscribe for monthly episodes.